0: Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert, Seth Green, teach two things, how to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com slash connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to a new um, podcast that we are so excited. I know I say that all the time, but it's true. It's absolutely true. My name is Maria Geffers.
2: And I am Tom Geffers. And today we are talking to uh, Jason uh, from Penn Strategies and it's a podcast. They're always about uh, having a resource out there for parents and students to uh, kind of into and see if something of uh, of interest to them around the country. So we talked to many different people about different uh, careers and and different majors and so forth and today is no different.
1: Yes and so we'd like to welcome again as Tom said, this is Jason Fitzgerald and his company is Penn Strategies and the career that we're talking about is actually the major of political science and what can you do with that exactly and we're going to pick Jason's brain uh, and find out what his journey was like. And so thanks a lot again for coming, uh, Jason. I really appreciate it.
3: Well, thanks so much for having me. I think it's very important, um, you know, what you guys are doing. And uh, I'm very passionate about um, higher education and uh, particularly liberal arts education. I'm, you know, I, I understand that there's a lot of, uh, of focus now in the trades, et cetera, and I think that's a good thing. But I do still think that there's a very uh, important role, uh, in, in liberal arts education.
1: Right. And so we always start our podcast with, uh, getting more information about who you are, what you do, and when was your aha moment that this, what you've done now, your pen strategies, when did you, you know, what was that moment that you said, this is really where I'm going right now?
3: Well, I, I would probably say that a lot of folks who were in high school or college with me wouldn't be surprised that I'm in a a, a what a role a political type role, uh, if you will. Um, although I do less political work and more government affairs uh, things now, but they're kind of closely related. Uh, I mean, when I went to college, my goal was to um, maybe be a school teacher. Take over my dad's landscaping business, do that in the summer. Um, and frankly, uh, my GPA at Lockhaven University wasn't high enough to get into the educational programs after two years, so I selected political science and economics. Um, my thought always was that, um, you know, so I, I had a plan, and that plan never quite happened. So I'm, I'm an example, I think, of, of somebody who, you know, sort of took the skills that they learned or the skills that they were born with and and you know, made the best of them, so to speak. But um, I mean, what I had thought that I would do is probably teach. Uh, I always sort of wanted to be an attorney. Uh, but for me, uh, that due to my GPA, which you know later I was diagnosed with a learning disability that I'm that I'm obviously have been able to overcome now. But in those days, I didn't know about it, so my GPA wasn't that high, and I had to go to work. It took me five years to finish my studies at Lock Haven University. Uh, where I did earn a degree in political science and economics Um, and I had thought well you know I'll take the summer off work for my dad's landscaping business and then you know get out and get some real world experience and then go back to law school. Um, That never happened Uh, but my my first job uh, was working for a local radio station Uh, and then that kind of became my thing. I thought I was going to be a radio DJ, but I, I had to sell advertising space to be able to make any kind of real money because you don't make a lot of money in that business. And, um, I was a pretty good salesman. I, I sold a lot of, uh, air for the station. And, um, you know, from there, I, I went to work at an advertising agency in Williamsport. Um, and I figured that that probably, you know, I enjoyed that work and I thought, you know, look, I'm probably going to be a person who's in sales, that. Um, you know, for for media companies, and that would have been okay. But um, my natural inclination towards politics, I ended up talking to our local congressman, who was John Peterson, and our local state representative, who was Steve Capelli in 2006, and they were both running for re-election. And I worked for an advertising company, and they knew that I knew some things about politics, because I was always a volunteer, and had been involved in college. So I ended up managing their media. Um, and when at the end of that year, um, they were both reelected and representative Capelli asked me to come and join his staff. Um, So, you know, I I worked there for two years, he ran for the Senate and lost and I had to do something. So I got into the insurance business for a couple months. um, And then I took an opportunity at Moran Industries to help with government affairs and, um, you know, ran, helped to run Tom Marino's campaign for Congress decided I didn't want to go on staff there because I didn't want to have to worry every two years about getting a new job. And so I I went, I went back to Mr. Moran and I uh, said, look, what I'd really like to do is have a campaign and a campaign consulting and government affairs firm. We do no campaign consulting now. uh, But, you know, he said, sure. And he invested in it and I'm thankful that he did. And um, you know, it's, it's uh, it's not like it is in the movies. It takes a long time and a lot of hard work um, to, to get to, the point um, that that we're at, and obviously I want to keep going. Uh, I haven't gotten to the, to taken the firm to where I want it to ultimately be, uh, but, but we certainly have grown very substantially every year. Um, you know, we represent about 40 clients throughout Pennsylvania uh, doing grant writing and, and um, appropriations work. Sorry for such a long answer.
2: No, no that, that, that's fine. Um, your background almost sounded a little bit like Rush Limbaugh. Uh, you know,
3: like, uh, Rush's cool. Rush was always not to be political, but Rush was always a hero of mine. Um, right. You know, I was waiting around, but I guess they ended up uh, calling uh, Buck Sexton <laughs> to host his show instead. But I was a big Rush fan. I listened to Rush uh, Limbaugh right. since I was. That's probably the reason that I became Republican because I came from a Democratic family. But uh, I was a weird kid. So in 1993 <laughs> and 94, I would have been what, 11 or 12, a little right. older than that. And I, I listened to Rush Limbaugh for the first time in 1993, and I listened to him All right, right until the end. Huh? Until the end.
2: Yeah, but you know, his, he always talked about his history, and he didn't do well in school. I think he dropped out of college the first year, and he went into radio. And uh, they, they had a show out in California, and you know, always talked about the songs on his show. He can identify almost every song that was a bumper song. But it's just, it's just amazing that, you know, you have a similar background there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Penn
3: Strategies, where you are now, you know, wh- what is your elevator speech for that company? So Penn Strategies is a um, primarily a municipal um, economic development and consulting firm. What that means is we get grants for municipalities. So and we do have some private clients as well. But municipalities is where most of our growth is. And frankly, where we want to continue our growth—that's that's really the sweet spot for us. So we go into a municipality, primarily a rural municipality, um, and and we um, identify uh, what projects are critical in their their mind, and then we say, you know, here are the potential grant programs that um, you know match up with what your priorities are. Then we write the grants, and then um, we we advocate. I am a registered lobbyist so we advocate in harrisburg for their approval and then after they're approved we um we handle the administration there's a lot of a lot of times you can get a grant and you never actually get the cash so our our job is to make sure that the client gets the cash so that's what we do i I would say that we're we're a grant writing firm but more than that you know we do we do community planning um in those kinds of things as well. But our bread and butter is going into rural municipalities, identifying the the, the three or four, um, or sometimes less than that, sometimes more than that, uh, priority projects, helping them to prioritize them and then find funding solutions that uh, don't involve those local municipalities having to raise property taxes.
1: Right, you had mentioned lobbyists and of course everybody goes like lobbyists. Could you um, tell us the benefits of actually um, having lobbyists, if you will? I mean, there are good things that come out of having experts.
3: Well, there are good and bad folks in every profession, I'd like to, to think. And, um, you know, but we, we sort of view ourselves more as advocates for projects. I'm not representing pharmaceutical companies. I don't represent, um, you know, large corporations. We're representing uh, rural municipalities. So, I mean, what the advantage is, is that, you know, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh have plenty of folks in Harrisburg and in Washington fighting for their interests. Uh, a lot of these smaller municipalities don't don't have that. I mean, PSATS is a good organization and CCAP, which is the Pennsylvania Township Supervisors Association, County Commissioners Association. But, you know, for a place like Pocono Township or Barrett Township, which are in Monroe County or Cannonsburg, which is in Pittsburgh, um, if folks in Washington and Harrisburg can find them on a map, um, they don't necessarily know a lot about it. So, I mean, I think that the advantage is, is, that for a pretty reasonable rate, you can have somebody in Harrisburg who is advocating for your interest. And it's easy, really, to fight for these community projects. Legislators don't ever tell us no, which is rare in, in this this field. Um sometimes they say, well, you're going to have to wait another round or two uh, because they're community projects and, and they're in their district. So, um, I mean, the benefit of having an advocate or a lobbyist in Harrisburg, and I don't think it's a bad word. I think like any vocation, there are good people in this business and there are people that are lousy in this business they aren't that good or that ethical. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, um, I have found, though, is that the vast majority of, of men and women who are in this line of work are hard workers and, and advocate very hard for their clients. There are some bad actors um, that give us all a bad name. I mean, we um, we we really pride ourselves on, um, you know, operating in an ethical and honest manner. We certainly could have grown this thing a heck of a lot quicker if we did it the way some other people did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way that we do it is, is you know, we try to go around, introduce ourselves to people and build on our success. Most of the people who call us call us because another client said, hey, I encourage you help get, get so-and-so some money. And so, you know, I, I think that it's, a, I would say that people need to hire lobbyists who believe in the cause that they're advocating for. Um, I, I never have any problem going to Harrisburg um, and, and advocating for the projects that we represent because I believe in them and I've seen directly um, the positive impacts of them, so. I don't think it's necessarily a uh, a dishonorable profession. No, no, not at no, all. No. But, uh, they do get some bad press. Right. Uh, as and some of it's
2: deservedly so. You know what i mean? so, Yeah. But you know, we do uh, career assessments for our clients. For the you know, when we speak to the students, we try to get the best major for them. And a lot of times, they're. Uh, they score very high on uh, writing and research skills, mm-hmm. and I see in your company you have people who just specialize in that. And uh, how important is that in, in in your business and in general in the business world? Do you think
3: hugely important? I think it's one of the things that that we need more of. We need more, um, you know, English majors, history majors. I need people at Penn Strategies. We need people at Penn Strategies, and so do our competing firms. Uh, who can read, write, and think. And when I say read, of course, everybody can read, but they need to be able to read and understand. Uh, research is very important. Um, and and being a, an effective uh, communicator in writing is so important. And I think that um, it's something that, it's one of the hardest things to find, um, believe it or not, are college-educated people who can um, write well and um I mean, you can make a substantial uh, living, um, even if you don't. I mean, there are different opportunities. Not everybody has to be the out outward face of the company. Right. Uh, most of the most of the work that's done in a company like ours is done by, you know, people behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, and, and I I think that it's one of the things that I notice in working with other um, businesses uh, like ours, other, you know. Uh, companies that we work with municipalities. That, that's a major skill that a lot of people lack is, right. is an ability right. to, to communicate effectively.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've interviewed uh, quite a few uh, presidents of uh, colleges and corporations, and they all say the same thing. If you have that skill, you are uh, most wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, people don't realize that, right, right. You know, how important that is and, and what kind of career and success you right. can have doing that. But um, you you spoke about the lobbyists and you were a consultant uh, for a while, I know, in in politics. Um, What do you think the future of those two uh, career paths are, consulting and lobbyists?
3: I mean, I think that there'll be continual growth. I really think that um, the biggest need right now, based upon, at least in Pennsylvania, we need people who understand and, and have degrees in public administration. There, when you look around at the people who are municipal managers in most of these municipalities, people who are running authorities, you know, these are good jobs with pensions, et cetera. The age of those people um, are close to retirement, mm-hmm. and it's it's very difficult to find um, young people who maybe they don't think of it as a career. So I mean, more than just the the lobbying end, which is you know sort of the more People think it's glamorous or high profile or whatever. I can assure you that it's not glamorous, but uh. Uh, but it is it is a lot of work and there's some you know uh, reward that you get from that. But I, I really think that as far as the political science and public administration realm, and I've been talking with uh, a professor of mine at Lock Haven University about this, um, there's a huge need for municipal managers um, and, and authority managers, et cetera, um, again, decent jobs with with benefits, etc. So, you know, getting an internship, working for a municipality, um, you know, could very easily lead to a job, you know, working uh, at some level in government. The other thing is too, I think that people need to understand, young people in, in particular, younger than me, I guess I'm still young.
1: You are I very think, young, Jason.
3: I think, <laughs> I think so, I have a little gray hair, but, um, I think that uh, one of the things is you don't start out at the top of an organization. I didn't start out as the president of Penn Strategies, and even when I became Penn, president of Penn Strategies, it didn't really mean much because we had to build the company. So you know, you you start out, and I was selling air, literally. Um, you know, I was I was working as a as a legislative aide. I I didn't start, even with this company, there are many years I think. A lot of people focus on when you've gotten to the point where you're successful. There were a lot of tight years budget-wise when you have to, you know, and early on in my, here's another big thing with college graduates that I've known. Early on in my career, I had a lot of buddies. I went to Jersey Shore High School, which is rural, like i County. A lot of my buddies didn't go to college. So, you know, they started having the houses and the cars and other things quicker than I did. Uh, and, and other people, you know, that went to college and, and pursued professional careers. Of course, the difference is, is that, that now, obviously, you know, I'm making more than them, and, and we're in, you know, uh, not that that matters, but, um, and, and they keep saying, I wish I would have went to college, or some of them, some of them are happy with what they did, but, you know, they're, they're still, um, you know, working hard and, and doing all those, those kinds of things, but it takes you a little while. After getting to And, and people, people will say, well, what the heck do I want to go to college if I'm going to work an entry-level job somewhere? But what you have to understand is, is that it gives you the foundation. Right. Um, first off, it shows employers that you can complete something, you can finish something. But it gives a foundation that will lead to success in the long term. So people have got to, I think a lot of times the new generation, they're, they're short-term thinkers. They don't think about building for the future all the time. Right. Um and, and really I still do believe that a liberal arts education, um, you know, if you choose wisely and make sure that it fits in your budget and et cetera, um, is a very good investment. I'm not one of these people who says that
1: it's not. I, I right. very
3: much right. believe in it.
1: Well, as an educator, I believe that as well. You know, it's never it's never wasted. Education no. is never wasted. And I think what you're pointing out, Jason, is the need for uh grit that you need to have that stick to even though it looks like you know some people might look at your journey as like well he was all over the place and could you could have easily despaired in the middle of all of that journey but you had the grit oh and I
3: did oh and, and I did there were many times where I would think about um I'd spend the weekend thinking about whether I was going to continue to do this do I want to continue to yep. you know travel the entire state and and you know work work nonstop, be away from my family, you know, to maybe build something. And I'm, I'm happy that I did now, but uh-huh. there, there were a lot of times throughout it, it was, I guess, the words grit. Uh-huh. Um, I just, my view was the farther along I got, I was like, well, now I'd be giving up 12 years of investment or uh-huh. 15 years of investment. But no, there were many, many, many times that I thought about giving up and, uh, although that's not usually in the vocabulary of a Fitzgerald, right? Um, <laughs> I I did think about it, and I thought, you know what? There's a lot of easier routes that I could go. I could, you know, make the same amount of money or more, um, you know, taking X, Y, Z job that's a little cushier or whatever. Um, and, but you know, this this is work. People need to understand that if you're going to be in business for yourself and you're going to be successful you are going to have to work, Very most of us, are going right. to have to work right. very, very hard. Unless you're born with um, a lot of wealth um, or some sort of extraordinary talent, neither neither one of those things applied to me, you are going to have to work very, very hard. Right. It doesn't stop. And I, my view, is too, is the day that you stop worrying about your company and worrying about moving it forward is the day that it'll stop going up. I mean, we we grow every year, but I've never. Um, I'm still not satisfied. we we I want us to be, and we're going to be, um, the largest firm of this nature in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, because we have great people that are a lot smarter than me that are working with us, and because um, they know I hope uh, that I'll I'll never stop working to market the company. You know, now I've, I'm doing a better job with family life balance, etc., uh, but. You know, it, it's it is not easy. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Well, nothing that you really want. Nothing. And,
3: is.
1: and yeah. you know, you, you political science. You took something that was uh, something that you loved, and what you did was you. It took a little longer. You you discovered that you had a learning disability, which kind of makes reinforces. Hey, you know, I can do this now that you know that there was a problem. You can do that, and a lot of. Uh, learning disabilities aren't really diagnosed until you're an adult, you know, we Mm -hmm. do that. So you, you actually built that and your experiences as, you know, working in landscaping, if you will, working on the, you know, sales. These are all things that built you to who you were, gave you the skills, gave you the education that you needed to be successful and have a successful business. So the political science you know, parents often say oh political science Oh, what are you gonna be a politician right and, right. and, and <laughs> they think that which is not a bit you know we, we need good politicians we need we need those people but i think what you've shown is the value of that degree and i think that's what we really wanted to show right. is that you know the political science is very broad obviously You know, it's almost like being a history teacher, you know, you can teach ancient history, world history, psychology, sociology, and goes on and on, you know. So the political science actually was your entry level and you were able to speak with the people that you're actually helping, which is, you know, a great skill. So before we close, I know we're kind of running late and I apologize. How do you keep current in uh, your business? Because you have a lot of balls in the air. How do you keep current?
3: I read constantly. Um, I, both for fun and for work, although I, the topics that I read about for fun are different than work. Um, I mean, I, I read a lot. I, you know, to the degree that there are industry um, conferences or whatever, I guess, you know, township municipalities, um, you know, I attend those. I, I do, I listen, I talk to a lot of people. Um, I, I found that, uh, you know, so I talked to a lot of people that are in the municipal realm, in the political realm, and, and I, I listen to them and sort of hear trends, that kind of thing. But I would say that, you know, I, I very much, for someone who was not a good student uh, then, um, I'm, I feel like I've made up for it because I've been a good student since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I, I read recreationally uh, you know, two or three books a month. That's what I do on the weekends. And I, and I <laughs> read a lot of um, uh, of industry-related information to keep current on things.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, before we let
2: you go, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, spending a half an hour with us and uh, picking your brain about political science. And, I'm uh, honored and, that you guys uh, asked me. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it's like, like we said earlier, a lot of people don't really know what political science right. is or what it leads to. Everybody thinks you're going to be a lawyer with that, and it's just not true. you know. Uh, so we want to thank you for your time. And and if someone wants to uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
3: Well, they can check out our website, um, which is www.penstrategiespa.com, um, or they can call me, I guess, 570-337-2028.
2: Very good. That's
3: great. Not too many people like to give out their phone numbers. Yes, I'm fine. I mean, and look, if there if there are any young people, I really believe in. I really believe in. Uh, I'm a big supporter of the Pashi system, uh, in particular the state system of higher education. But I'm a big believer in education. I, I think that it's it's right. important um, at, at at for so many reasons. But if anybody wants to call, I I talk to young people frequently and. Um, you know, it takes a certain personality trait, et cetera, to be able to do this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk to people.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Jason. We really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening and getting a really good insight as to what political science majors do, what you can do with it, and um, just the, the idea of having the longevity and grit Go after your dream and read. Those are the two messages I got from you, Jason. So thank you again. And um, I'm Maria Geffers from Career and College Counselors. And I'm Tom Geffers. And we will see you in the next podcast. Thank you very much.
3: Thanks a lot for having me, guys.